There's got to be a point in all of our lives when something happens and we become a seeker. Welcome again, fellow seekers, to the Seekers of the Eternal podcast. I'm your host, Pale Horse, and today I have my brother, Matt Parks, here with me. Hello, everybody. We're fresh back from the Shine Mural Festival. This is Shine 8. For the last eight years, we've been inviting, hosting a series of international, national, and local um, mural artists to paint here in downtown St. Petersburg, Florida. And Matt has been with the festival here with us um, since Shine 5. Shine 5 is when we got to paint a uh, mural together and then shine six seven and eight he's been assisting us and jumping into the fire with us on this just really wild uh and fun project that just it takes everything that you've got to pull it off and we wanted to kind of break down some of our experiences during the festival and then also some of the things that we've learned and and then and then also talk about uh, this being such a perfect example as l- this perspective of seeing life as a video game because in this video game that we're playing called Mural Festival, you know, International Mural Festival, there's so many different aspects of it that uh, go so nicely with looking at it as a video game and all the challenges that come up. So we're kind of going to go through the, some of the things that come up and really as, as you look at it in this way, all of the challenges like we've been talking about in this podcast, every challenge, every obstacle is an opportunity to advance and to advance your avatar, to advance your character, to advance to the next level. And we're always in projects like this and anything that you're doing, if you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you're, uh, you know, if you've decided to go through with a mission, you should always see that everything that comes to you, every obstacle, every challenge is there to actually benefit you. So look at it as a game. Um, there are experience points that you'll gain every time something challenging comes up and you can select whether to accept the challenge and gain these new experience points. And when you do that, you learn and grow, your character gets better, you get better, and you um, are able to play the next level. So there's a few things that, that came up this, this uh, festival. There's a lot of stuff always that does, but um, we're really kind of seeing in that way. And it really made it a lot of fun for us this year. Every year we get to see how far we've come from the last year. You have to, with hosting a festival, there's just, I guess, just kind of like giving people a bit of an understanding of, of what this takes. Um, every year we have... Um, around 15, 16 artists that are painting walls in downtown. And you're bringing artists, you know, they're flying in from all over the world, the country, some local as well, you know, picking them up from the airport, getting everybody in on time, um, getting them set up 
at their wall, they have all of their materials, can be um, aerosol cans, can be bucket paint, rollers, brushes, um, tape, um, all of the different things, uh, what lift goes to the wall and is that lift proper for the terrain that it's gonna be on, the height of the wall. Uh, you have to think about the location that they're at, you know, you can't paint at night at some places because the sound of the lift is too loud or there's just all of these different factors that that come into play and you want to make sure that everybody is flowing and happy and having a good time and has everything they need so we have a small group of us friends my wife <clears throat> is a um, huge part of, of the festival um, curator and um, logistics maniac and she just uh, pays attention to all of the small details and then we kind of gather like soldiers before a battle and she gives us all of these marching orders that we're all going to be working on and then we divide and conquer and it's uh it's a lot of fun and um, we end up getting just you know these beautiful walls that cover the city um so I'm doing it for for eight years now you know, eight times 16 walls every year. You can imagine the impact that it has on the, on the area. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun having Matt join in with us. Um, it started out with, um, you were helping to, um, there's a, there's a wall that, um, our friends morning breath had painted a, a while back. Mm -hmm. Um, you had, there was an issue with some of the paints and stuff like that where it faded. So we, that was our first challenge. We were going to, um, bringing Jason Noto from morning breath in, he's going to repaint this uh, wall that they had done a few years ago and restart that. So yeah, mm -hmm. you had started, um, painting that one base coated blue, Jason came in. And so you, I mean, we had originally had you cited for a few minimal things, you know, like you were going <laughs> to do uh, help Jason paint that wall. And then you were going to do some runs to Miami and things like that, but it always ends up being like way more. Uh -huh. <laughs> you always run into way more obstacles and different things. Um, and yeah, so I guess yeah. the first, the first, uh, the first obstacle that, that you ran into, um, one of our, one of our enormous walls, like about 2,500 square feet of surface. Mm -hmm. yeah, and about four stories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's just a giant, giant wall that had to be base coated yellow over a previous mural done by artist named Ricky Watts, who's been to the festival many times. Um, and just this giant, amazing mural. If you know his work, it's very colorful. So, and lots of, uh, you know, he uses darks and lights to really make his artwork pop and looks really great. And, um, uh, and so to cover this with a yellow base coat is not not a, an easy thing. So somebody had sprayed one coat over the wall, but you could still literally see Ricky Watts's name through. The, yeah, we <laughs> the always do base coats for the artists, you know, before they show up. And this one, too, with Ricky, like this had been there since year one. So this was a, an, a beloved mural, but it was faded. So um, 
uh, over time, we'll, uh, we'll paint over an old mural with a, a new piece. So that was the case with this one. And it was a, it was a big one. So yeah, we, we had, we had it base coated a single um, time there, but it just, A, it wasn't and, the right color. And then it just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And didn't know that this was the case until two days before the artist was going to show up. So we get to uh, the marching orders, you know, and we're like, oh, and also we need to cover the biggest wall that we're doing this year with another coat of paint. And everybody who had a sprayer, uh, their sprayers are being used somewhere else. <laughs> so I had to, um, so I decided to watch a YouTube video on using a boom lift, which was out there. And then, so learned how to watch, learned how to drive the boom lift from watching this video. And mm -hmm. then decided yeah, so that I could familiar. do that. Yeah. <laughs> like lifts are, they're, they're all different. Uh -huh. They're like a, a panel of switches. You know, Matt and I, we, we drive scissor lifts for the other murals that we've done. So boom lift is a whole nother animal. Yeah. It's <clears> like adding like a hundred new switches to the, <laughs> not literally, but there's so many more new switches, new ways that the thing can move. And when you're up, uh, you know, a high on those lifts, it's like any movement that kind of like sways the thing. So I had to learn how to maneuver it very you know, gently and like without, you can, you can throw yourself off the lift very easily is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so it was like doing all that walls so about a, a giant, one of the, the bigger rollers and then it's like rolling this entire wall with the lift. So then you, you have to situate it in a way the lift likes to move and you know, there's all these factors that go mm -hmm. into that. So, so if you're thinking of this, like a video game, it's okay. Here's a, here's a challenge that we need. Um, Matt, are you willing to, you know, for this amount of experience points for your character, are you willing to accept this challenge? Uh, learn how to drive this lift and roll this entire wall. You only have like a, you know, there's a, a deadline before the artists arrive. They need to come to come and start painting immediately to get the wall done two days. It wasn't really enough time to actually complete that. And so you have to do it in a shorter amount of time than is feasibly possible while you're learning on the job, like how to use this giant piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. So um, Matt and I always like to look at this as just like the matrix, you know, like you, you get up to it and, and you say like, I can and I will do this. Mm -hmm and look at it as a game look at it as, as a as a challenge and a way to learn and grow and that's what I, I love working with Matt on because he's always down to to operate in this way yeah yeah it was it was really fun honestly <laughs> even though it seemed impossible and you know working with we only had five gallons of paint at first and try and make that go as far as possible while still coating the wall properly and you know, we did end up having to get more paint, but, um, and then literally finished the last roller of paint while, uh, the artist Marina Captavia, uh, got to her wall and was like, oh, this looks good. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. yeah, no sweat. Yeah. Of course, it's all ready. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's, it's ready. So, <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, and yeah, quite a challenge. Then ended up, that was like because I learned how to drive that boom lift, like was able to drive boom lifts now. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
your player now has that skill, you know? Um, so if you're thinking of your player now, it like now has boom lift skills, scissor lift skills. You know? <laughs> so really like every time a challenge obstacle comes up in your life, do you accept? And then you sit, hit, hit upset, accept and you say, yes, I can and I will. And, you know, be bold and mighty forces come to your aid. Like get rid of the no saying tendency in your mind and just say, I, I'm going to do this and never lose heart even when it's seeming you know you're of course there's like it's hot out you're struggling you know you're going through it all the way to the end of it and you just keep going and the the reward that you get you know just mm -hmm. personally is just money in the bank every time that you do something like that yeah yeah also that day so I was given this challenge at noon that day and then had to drive around, so had to match paint colors to get this paint, had to like go do it, and then had, had to go to multiple paint stores because some of them didn't have the right base colors for this color paint and all these different things. So yeah, there's trying huge to make supply happen. chain issue stuff with paint right now, <laughs> so we're always battling with trying to find paint everywhere for everybody. Yeah. So driving across town to get this paint done and then knowing that I also have to start this giant rolling the paint onto the wall this giant wall and have it done the next day and then it starts raining <laughs> um, and so just decided that i was like uh, so i started imagining myself at the wall painting and it's not raining and it's like and so i started seeing myself there even as i'm driving around doing all these other things and then saw that happening and then so as soon as I picked up the paint and started driving back, uh, the sky started clearing up and I got to the wall and it had stopped raining. And then Janae was there as the other, um, helps, works with the festival, director, director yeah. of the festival. Um, and she was like, oh, well, it stopped raining. And I'm like, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so then started painting this wall um, into when the sun went down and then started again the next day. Um, and yeah, again, finished as soon as the artists arrive. Mm -hmm. And um, this thing, this festival it goes for, you know, it's like on the books, it's it's nine days. But we usually start, you know, we have artists that come in earlier and artists that stay later. So it's a marathon of just day after day after day, mm -hmm. just getting up, starting again, getting your new mission and then having you know 10 other things added to that mission every day <laughs> yeah 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 so i mean really too uh, when we started this festival it's there's so many things that that go into it and and um you know you decide to play this game you know when you start you start a big project like this and anything that you're you know interested in starting in your life you can think about it as like, you know, you're popping in a new disc of a, a game that you want to play and there are going to be things that you're going to have to learn how to master, new skills that you're going to need in order to play this game effectively. And when we started this festival, I remember there were things like um, even just convincing a business owner to let us paint their wall. This was before there were a lot of beautiful murals in town. It was very foreign to people. It was like they just saw it as graffiti. This was early on and people didn't get it. Um, I had to learn how to become a salesman. I had to learn how to make a pitch. I had to learn how to make um, 
promo materials for the artists and to get them to understand the importance of, of the artists that we were bringing and how much we cared about it. So they would learn to trust us and to um, just allow us to be able to go forward with this project when it was so foreign to what they had understood. Another big part of this festival specifically, and um, we like to make it one where the artists get to paint what they want to paint to be uh, free to express themselves and without having to, you know, provide sketches and all of that, because all, all the artists that we're working with, they have incredible portfolios and what you're going to get is, is, um, is going to be a beautiful piece here in the end. We have a, a, some criteria, obviously, to keep away from getting in trouble with politics and pornography and things like that. But other than that, we really allow the artists to do what they want to do. And so there's uh, a lot of that, that that goes into it and being able to f match artists with the right wall that will entice them to come across the world to a place they may have never heard of to paint in one of the hottest places on earth. <laughs> uh, and there's usually, you know, we, we're a grassroots here a lot of this money is is raised and, and comes through nonprofit and and all of that so it's you know they're getting minimal amount of money for for this project but it is uh all about you know we we, we pay for all the materials and the flights and the hotels and the lifts and uh, lunch every day yeah food <laughs> for everybody and dinners and get everybody together and um, take, you know, different field trips that we do. So we make it into really like spraycation for artists and we make it into something that we know that everybody enjoys when they come here. So uh, all of those things that, that go into to making it what it is. And then the, the two weeks during the festival, we are just running around trying to make sure that every, everybody has what they need and everybody is just because happy artists, paint good murals so we try to keep everybody flowing and, and doing well and so every time something new comes up for us we see it up as an opportunity to develop a new skill and to more effectively play this game and like Matt was saying you know it's it's all about really believing in yourself and then being open to learning is something that we've learned a lot from this is really being open and wanting to learn and once you want to learn and you start to learn things, then it builds, you know, once you start becoming open to learning, you start to learn things and that builds and builds and you realize how fast you can actually learn things when you don't tell yourself, I don't know how to do this. Right. You get rid of the version of yourself that you thought was unable to do something and just like completely get rid of that thought in the mind and just tell yourself like, no, I'm learning this new thing and I'm able to learn it. I'm able to do it well, you know, like that was something that really became very tangible during this festival uh, and every festival is like becomes more and more. But um, this one was like so many of those things came up where it was just like, oh, no, I, I just am able to do this now. And then believing that and then doing it well and believing that that's the version of yourself that exists now. Mm -hmm. um, and 
yeah, really does take that belief. Like you can't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have put that that game, that disc into the into the player if you were like, uh, oh, I don't know if I want to play this game. <laughs> like you went to the the thing, you know, your kid and your mom says you can only uh, you can rent one video game, so you pick the one you really want to play. You know, <laughs> so it's like you pick the thing you really want to learn. You pick the the. The, the challenge that you really want to accept and see as self-expanding and then decide that you're going to do it and that you're going to do it well. And then that will give you the strength, the uh, ability to uh, impress yourself. <laughs> yeah. So in that, in this festival week two, one of the, my own challenges was to take over for the guided meditations that Chris usually guides. And this is something I've done before, um, but I hadn't done it in a while. Hadn't stood in front of a crowd of people and, you know, given this guidance has been mostly um, smaller groups and the group has grown since then. Um, so that was also in the middle of the week uh, was going to do that guided meditation. And, uh, this, uh, after the festival, I did the guided meditation again. And so I tend to like to read from books when I do this, um, to give kind of a, a beginning, uh, mindset for going into the meditation. And it's one of the ways that I found works really well is to find one of these books by Yogananda, open up to whatever page <laughs> happens to be there. And then it tends to speak exactly about the situation, um, this time I had a, 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 a bookmark in where I was in this book called How to Awaken Your True Potential by Paramahansa Yogananda. This is a collection of his teachings and it opened up to say this. And so this is what I read before the meditation. And it says, to create dynamic willpower, determine to do all the things in life you thought you couldn't do and devote your entire willpower to accomplishing one thing at a time. Be sure that you have made a good selection, then refuse to submit to failure. Use your willpower to perfect yourself in this life. You must depend more and more upon the mind because the mind is the creator of your body and your circumstances. And this is, <laughs> This is such uh, such a perfect way to kind of um, envelop all the things that we're talking about here and quite a powerful statement in that last sentence. Uh, I'm gonna read it again. Uh, you must depend more and more upon the mind because mind is the creator of your body and your circumstances. So it is your, your determination and your thoughts that create your circumstances, your abilities, your body, your life. And so when we are um, more attuned to positivity and seeing ourselves as able to accomplish all that we set out to do, this is what allows us to do so. And we become uh, infinitely potential, infinitely able to accomplish uh, all the things that we set out to do. And this really, the more you practice this, the more you orient your mind towards a, a positive mindset about yourself and about 
the outside world, it reflects this back to you and you will be more and more impressed at what you're able to learn, what you're able to do. Uh, and life just becomes more exciting and you, you become excited by the challenges because you know that they're strengthening you and guiding you to the next thing that, that you need to do. It's like, okay, now you've learned how to do this. Now this new door opens up and you have a whole new world of possibilities. And like, mm -hmm. that is how, how this game works. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like you become limited by your mind or you, you become expanded by your mind or by not saying that I can't do that, by saying that I can do this. So it really depends whatever you say it is, that's the way it is. <laughs> and through meditation, we learn to train our minds. We learn to train. So when our, when that dragon comes up and says, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to, uh, who am I? I'm, I'm a failure or any of those uh, self-defeating thoughts that come in. Meditation allows us to, to train the mind, to be able to refocus again and harness our concentration and put it on our object at hand. Matt and I used to talk about the movie, The Matrix, uh, when we want to learn something new, like matrix learning, like just decide that you know how to do this and then just go for it. We use also uh, our secret power is to use a japa mantra and whenever the no saying tendency or whenever your mind drifts to self defeating thoughts judgments use a mantra rama 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 or there's so many you know there's many different mantras that you can use and you find one that comes to you and it can be such a powerful way to refocus your mind in Rama is a word for God. Uh, in India, the word for God is Satchitananda, ever conscious, ever existing, ever new bliss. In another podcast, uh, Robert Ryan was talking about uh, definition of God, of Shiva, of the consciousness of infinite goodness. And in the last podcast, I talked about how Valmiki, when he chanted Rama, 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 he realized that Rama was the goodness in the world. He's the light, he's the, his love. So you're just focusing your mind on the light. And you're overcoming duality when you're doing that. You're becoming laser focused on what you're doing and you're shutting away all negativity. And when you do that, Anything is possible. Um, we also saw another movie not too long ago, uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. That's now another great metaphor. That one, I think, is even more powerful now. And uh, For me, it, it, I believe that with reincarnation that we have actually been every single other person. <laughs> you have actually lived all of these other lives, your soul has been so many other profession has has experienced lifetimes and lifetimes of who knows, you know, painting, driving this, flying aircrafts, you know, all the different skills that you would need in life, like actually are available to you. So in that movie, they call it verse jumping, that there are all these metaverse versions of yourself that you can tune into and then verse jump and have that. 
ability immediately and then all of a sudden you know you're equipped with martial arts skills or i think we can really do that i think you can really take that and say uh i've never done this before but in some other past life i've done this for 20 years or maybe many many lifetimes of the same thing over and over again when we started painting we decided that 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 is the way that we're going to paint and we were going to just say that we've been doing this for a long, long time. We've been painting in temples for lifetimes and lifetimes. So remembering the version of yourself that has been doing that. And then it's like at the same time, too, it's like um, this isn't just overconfidence and thinking that it that everything's going to be easy because they're not at all saying that everything's going to be easy. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it is still, it is still difficult and it takes all of your energy in order to live this way and to approach things in this way. So it's like, don't hear this as like, just like telling you, Oh, you can go do anything. Go try and fly an airplane right now. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> this right. is, if you had to fly an airplane, right. And there was no other way around it. And you were the only one that was like, could, you know, like had the guts to do it. Nobody uh-huh. else was stepping up and you had to fly it. Then put you, this into practice. Right. Then you can generate the energy that will allow you to know how to do it. And it, it takes that much focus, you know? So if you're approaching things as like a, you know, in some sense of a life and death or like, this is, you know, you're, you're choosing this challenge. Just like, like you're talking about choosing the challenge of starting this uh, mural festival. It's like, like, this is not an easy thing to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, uh, but you decide to do it. And then once you do is it, like, then those skills are available to you as long as you're willing to put in the amount of energy that it takes in order to acquire them. Um, and, and then it really, again, you will blow your own mind of what's possible for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you, you can continue on that trajectory by getting rid again of the no saying tendency or the sense of littleness that you previously thought you were some kind of limited version of yourself. Like that's not, uh, that's not what God is <laughs> and that's not what you are. This, this, um, this life is is miraculous even in its existence um even if you ask any scientists to go back to the very beginning they still don't have an answer other than it just happened um, so uh, so you can imagine that a level of infinite potential is what is guiding your your mind and your ability so setting that as your new version of self and then going at the challenge that is in front of you. That's, that's the energy we're talking about here. (laughs) And to piggyback on that too, as you bite off something new and you, you know, you have this chutzpah and this courage to go for it and say, what the heck I'm going to do it. You actually also will be tested by the gods. You know, (laughs) they will play with you and be like, Oh yeah, you think you could do it and throw like, you know, like Bowser, like dropping banana peels and stuff like <laughs> it will it will test you and mm. throw things at you. And you just have to see them all as the gods playing with you and to just 
nah, you're not going to get me with that. And then once you do overcome those challenges along the way, you see it through to the end. You don't lose heart. You know, like even I was talking in the last episode that, you know, not only to have this confidence and courage when things are going well, but to have it actually when they're not going well at all and to continue, just have faith, have faith, keep your focus and then when the gods see that you don't, you're not shaken, that you stay calm, sweet, and happy, no matter what they throw at you, the universe likes that. The gods like that. And you will be rewarded. Your, your experience points, your avatar will increase. You, and then immediately you'll be able to put those new skills into action in your, in your, you know, the next part of the game. We were talking a little bit too about how you notice that your whole life you have been learning things and you might not have recognized it until you start to have an awareness and pay attention to it, that you may have been learning things your whole life that are leading you up to the next thing that you're going to do. And it, it's, it can be spooky like at first when you see how often this is happening, all the synchronistic events that line up and then you immediately put that into action. And, and these things are just happening all the time. So start to pay attention to the things that you're learning day to day. Um, every challenge that you go through, what, what can I learn from this? What is it trying to teach me? And if you, you really spend some time going inward and asking what am I learning from this? What am I learning? I want to learn from this. You know, Saraswati, we talk about a lot as Saraswati, the goddess of learning, the goddess of art and writing, poetry, music. And it's just a way to have a relationship with learning new things. You can look at an image of Saraswati and say, Saraswati, I want to want to learn. I want to want to grow. And she likes that and she will show you, uh, she'll pique interest in you and help you to learn new things and point out things that you're learning. Um, just like in a psychedelic experience or a deep meditation and a su super conscious experience that you have, when you get flooded with like this, you could have the, you could have the infinite wisdom of the universe bestowed upon you in a psychedelic experience. And you could just, you know, those moments where you just like, I am God and I understand everything, you know? <laughs> and, and then in those moments, you're given all of this wonderful, um, wisdom. Uh, but if you don't revisit meditation and you don't ask for that to come back again, if you don't keep asking for that wisdom to manifest itself in your life and you don't put it into action in your daily life, then, then it really just sort of slips away like a forgotten dream. So being aware of what you're learning, the, the wisdom that comes in, ask it to manifest itself in your life in ways and revisit it in meditation mm -hmm. and then really utilizing it because it's like like you're saying when you when you approach learning in this way when you when you go to saraswati and say i want to want to learn i want to know how to do this thing i have to learn it quickly you know and then if she she gives you the vision gives you the the whole thing and then 
you go, oh, that was cool, and then go do something else, <laughs> then, then you're not utilizing it. Then it's just like, oh, well, then, you know, then you're not, you know, you have this big psychedelic journey, you have the, the whole realization, but then as soon as you're back, you go back to life being a whatever, it's like still treating people badly or whatever, and like, then it's what was the point you know then the you know then the whole thing just like oh you just wanted to see a bunch of lights dance in front of you that will become what you get the next time you know <laughs> so it's like but when you really utilize these these experiences and the the knowledge and the uh the potential that comes from those experiences and then you apply it to your daily life that it expands your daily life everything becomes that experience and then if you do revisit those those um you know the psychedelic journeys or that like those expand as well then there actually is a reason why you're doing that and you're given um, new information new ways to keep expanding your your actual life it's mm -hmm. not you're not just going there to go to the theme park of psychedelia it's like no this is that's school and there's like a channel that you can receive information and uh, potential from and then you apply all of that into your life and you become a different person and so you're doing the same thing in meditation you're becoming a new person every time you sit down and, and then when you stand up you're a new person <laughs> yeah so like that's that's the um the energy that you should be going into these kinds of experiences with mm -hmm. that integration is so important mm -hmm. you know, integrate what you're learning make that an intention when you're if you're doing psychedelic ceremonies you're doing meditations like you know make that an intention and a prayer that you want to integrate what you're learning into your life there's a swami kriyananda talks about a saint that says your religion is tested in the cold light of day you know so it's like this cold light of day when that is is really really counts you know you're putting it into to action and that that's where yeah that's where it really it really matters <clears throat> um obviously yeah like working on your working on your yourself uplifting yourself and then as you're doing that you know doing the hard part of like okay, I'm actually going to be kinder today and happier today. And I'm going to be calm, sweet and happy, even when this person is, 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 you know, saying things that are, are untrue about me or whatever is happening. You know, even in this, this mural festival, we have, there'll be, there'll be like a parts of like, just like a video game, there'll be villains. Like there was actually like a whole outshine festival that was happening like <laughs> right next to our wonderful sweet artist from nepal imagine this painting and then we have the the local uh villains that are uh doing a anti-shine festival on the building next to us you know <laughs> and it's just like just you just stay calm sweet and happy throughout it you don't let you don't let the haters ruffle your feathers and you just let everybody have their thing without without getting uh, worked up about it. Um, so this is like, this, this, this festival has so many different beautiful uh, analogies towards playing the game. There's a, another part of the, the festival is like, um, you know, every artist has different ways of, of doing their magic tricks. And um, uh, people think like, you know, uh, sometimes people think 
you know, if you're projecting your mural, that makes it a little bit, so it's very easy. You just go up there and trace your mural, whatever. <laughs> if, you, if you've ever watched a, a muralist um, uh, use a projector to put the work on the wall, um, it's a time-saving maneuver. Usually it just, you have to do it because it just would take so long to do it. Other, other artists have different ways of doing um, squiggle grids and um, different ways to grid out the artwork. Everybody's got different ways. Projector is not easy. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, there's always so many different challenges that come and usually uh, artists come in, uh, a lot of them at the same time. And then we have like a bunch that are projecting at night. Um, projections always have like a lot of different things that could go wrong. Uh, one, two, three clan was in and we were trying to get theirs going and uh, you know, you can't get the projector in a place where, you know, there's like a U-Haul trailer on one side and a taco truck on the other that's blocking the shot and different cords aren't working. So there's just like all of these little uh, puzzles, things, but you just we we always just keep our minds like okay we're going to figure this out we're going to figure this out um and then you always do you always if you just stay focused it always works out i had another artist ben johnston um arrive and uh, i was that night where there was just everything was going wrong with with his projection <laughs> and it was just getting the, I had it, I had it all, got, finally got it all set up. It was working right. And then the cable that I was using for my projector uh, broke. And then it was too late to go to any store to get another cable to make it work. I just go, went back home and got my iPad, my iMac out and I have this whole thing set up and it's still not working. Um, but just recognizing even when everything's going wrong in that moment, that it's going wrong for a reason that's beneficial to you. Um, luckily Ben, he, he was, he was really chill and he was like, we can, you know, we can pick this up tomorrow. Um, I'll just take the day. And so him and I got to spend the day and hang out and take them all around St. Pete and show them the sights and see other walls and stuff. And, um, looking back, I realized that we actually weren't supposed to project that night because we have these big boom lifts and this one was in a, an apartment complex and the the buzzer like the beeping sound on that lift would have just made everybody in the apartment complex pissed at us if we would have projected that night and so i i realized that's why all of those things were failing <laughs> and then we did it the next day and I, james Ballou, another artist who's in from um from uh germany uh he he had showed he just it just came up the next day he was he told us how to uh disable the beeping sound on the lift, you know? <laughs> um, which is something you're not supposed to do for safety reasons. But if you're, if you're in a place where the residential area, you're going to save your life by uh, people coming out with pitchforks and burning torches <laughs> coming for you. Yeah. So learning, so I learned how to disable the beeping sound that afternoon when I was walking around with Ben and then we came back the next night, we were able to, to disable that and then project the next night in relative silent quiet. Uh -huh. And then instead had the residents coming out like, Oh, this is really great. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Never seen anybody, how this process works. And they're real stoked on watching it rather than being angry that we're 
being so loud out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to start it right at sundown and yeah, the residents were stoked and also it's just always trusting like, okay, this isn't going the way that I thought it was going to go, but there's a reason here. You know, we have things like, oh, somebody got the lift stuck in the grass, you know, you got to get a tow rope and hook it up to your truck and pull it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we have a big uh, finale event at the end of every festival, and we always start planning that really early. We had one of our uh, lovely friends, Caratos, that we had with us for Shine uh, number two a long time ago, and she was going to be coming back to do uh, a full installation of her artwork and performance and I so badly wanted that to happen we're really good friends and I really wanted to see that performance happen and and she had issues with her travel visa and making it here at the last minute and it just didn't work out so that was devastating but always realizing okay that didn't happen for a reason what are we going to do now you know mm-hmm. and these things these things just happen so um immediately uh, a friend of mine that came to mind i know uh this is eric this uh, artist named eric jones uh, he used to live here in saint pete when he was younger moved away he's lived in a few different places including new york city and he is part of um, hashimoto gallery in in california and um I was asking him, hey, do you happen, I know this is a super long shot, he's living back here in St. Pete now, is there any chance, you know, maybe you have some pieces that you've been working on or you've got anything that you'd be interested in in showing? We're starting to put together a group show. And surprisingly, you know, he responded and was very interested in being able to show some of his paintings locally because people locally don't get to see them in, in person. And he contacted his gallery and they were kind enough to quickly move and crate up some of his large work and ship that to us. And uh, we had another friend of ours, Baghead, in Miami. Uh, So this was another challenge for for Matt um, to rent a U-Haul during the festival, drive all the way to Miami four hours across a swamp go pick up these really large pieces, bring them back to the, the, the space. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So making that drive is like, if anybody's ever made the drive to Miami is uh, you have to go across the, the swamp, which is just uh, one straight road, uh, nothing on either side of you except for a swamp. And there's, there's no, there's maybe a, break like a rest stop every once in a while but it, it's quite the trek <laughs> to do it's like in a it box looks like truck. you're in a cartoon because the background <laughs> yeah. doesn't change or like a video yeah. game because the background doesn't change like an old 8-bit video game <laughs> right so you just drive you out. have to somehow keep your mind focused enough to not fall asleep on this drive and then you know do it twice in one day just drive over there pick this stuff up make sure it all fits into this box truck when you get there. <laughs> These are big pieces too. These are, you know, there's a giant fountain that Baghead made. That's a really great piece, uh, but it's all uh, multiple layers of uh, plywood put together. It, it, 
each one's about eight foot long. You know, there's just big, pieces, really heavy, really heavy pieces. <laughs> um, <laughs> so luckily got there and there are a couple friends there to help us. And I got the, the pieces from the warehouse there and they all fit, just fit into this box truck and um, got it all packed away. And, you know, had some, they had to go pick up straps from the Home Depot, you know, do these things. So it's like, if you ever go pick up artwork, remember uh, furniture, pads, and uh, ratchet straps. <laughs> so picked up that, got it into the box truck successfully. Um, you know, met some, met uh, Jose Mertz was also there, was actually being kept in his... Shout out, uh, Jose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so got to see a lot of really amazing work that he's got in the in the studio there as well. So another cool part of the video game. <laughs> and then got into the truck, drove back four hours. Um, got back here around midnight, then had to... Uh, get the truck parked in a place where nobody was going to get into this <laughs> and then get it back to the warehouse the next day and being in miami is like vice uh, it's like uh, grand theft auto vice city you have to like pack <laughs> right. it up make sure nobody robs it yeah literally well we we drove to the we had to go to home depot to get the the blankets and the things to tie down the artwork we as we're leaving the parking lot a guy goes hey 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 like you guys he was like pulled up in a truck and just said like you guys want a, a home theater system like i got an extra one <laughs> just telling us that he just stole a bunch of stuff and he's trying to sell it to us in this parking lot um so it's like yeah that that's the place where we were <laughs> um no, no, I don't think we need a home theater system right now. And then, uh, but so and then drove back, you know, made it successfully back here, started setting that, got the stuff out of the truck in the morning into the warehouse and then began putting the event together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this, <clears throat> this event space too, that is a turn a really beautiful space that we, um, that we were in, but it, it was just full of workshop tables and chairs endless endless tables and chairs so we had to hire a moving company that came in and picked all that stuff up um brought that right out in just in time we come in and start assembling the show which it, it turned it out you know it turned out really great we ended up having a great group show i just happened to of course be working on this giant collection of hanuman images um, I had wanted to present them as um, these giant glowing tapestries, UV reflected with black light spots. So gave me opportunity to do that. Just posted a, a video on my Instagram that shows those to check it out. It, these pieces from Eric Jones, really beautiful. We had hanging work by Baghead and the fountain piece that Matt uh, was describing here in the show. Then we had these really killer uh, paper sculptures by a local artist, Abel Mejia. We had Stephen Palladino is a, a really wonderful, uh, he, he can do these really fast portrait drawings. So he was doing these live live drawings of people. We had projections 
we had a performance by a local artist named Emily Tan. So it turned out to be a really great show, looked beautiful. Uh, but as it was the, the, the night that Matt and I were getting everything set up, because this space, it's, it's raw, it's um, warehouse sort of like industrial space. We had to we had to put up all of the art lights. We had to completely transform it, and that night, uh, I right after we were wrapping up to finish, it's, it was a little bit chilly out that night, and I just started like shivering cold, and I came home, took my temperature. I had a hundred, you know. 0.7 temperature and then so I immediately took a COVID test and then tested positive for COVID. Um, <clears throat> previous to that um, my wife um, she came down with COVID and she was quarantined at the house. I was sleeping uh, across the house in another part of the uh, another you know room in the house and keeping myself healthy that all along and you know um figuring that I would make it through without getting it. Her and I actually had never get the same sickness somehow our whole <laughs> lives. And I rarely get sick. So I thought I was going to be in the clear. I hadn't, neither of us had gotten COVID this, this whole time. And so we finally got it like right here at the end of this festival. We've been working on it all year. We've been working on it these, these weeks now nonstop. And then just as we're putting the finishing touches on it, um, Michelle has to go stay home and then I get it. And then, uh, so, okay. You know, you're hit with this thing that you really didn't want to happen. Devastating. So what do you do? You know, you got to keep the same, same mindset. Don't get rattled. Don't think that, Oh, all is lost. Uh, don't start imagining that everybody at the festival now has COVID and don't start like going down this dark hole of just like it, everything's going to fail now because we, we weren't done with the finale event. We still had so many responsibilities with the rest of the walls that were still getting painted and finished. And you know, there's uh, yeah. so much material to clean up and all these kind of things. People still need to go to the airports, get home, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Chris and Michelle are the heart of this festival. So having them like be taken out in that way and then everybody else having to like, it took like five to 10 people just to replace what they were doing. <laughs> so putting putting the event together and actually finally like people showing up to, to help make that event happen um, was really amazing to like show up the next day because you and I had put up the lights for for Eric's work the night before and, and the tapestries and the, and the black lights and then everything else we were like, Oh, we can get to it tomorrow. And mm -hmm. then, um, so we had to kind of gather a group of people to actually make this show still happen and look good. And yeah, and Michelle and I were like, you know, sick in bed. We're just like, okay, we need to call on our friends to help us. You know, <laughs> our, our friends, the Brojas's, Daniel and Ganesha, our, our, our good friend Kat Gomez, who is also works with us during these festivals is a huge part of it. Obviously Matt. So, uh, and, and others that came to our aid, 
Um, so yeah, it was really great to be able to call on people that would step in and uh, and allow us to be able to to recover from with the COVID while this is going on. So yeah, it was it was really nice to know that you have friends that would step in and, and do that and pull it off and we could trust, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, it was fun to see that we were still able to make that happen. And it was like another thing that where it was like, Oh, didn't know it was capable of that. So, <laughs> and then really getting everybody on the same kind of page together and working together to, you know, get the artwork in the right place and make sure that everything really looks good was, yeah, it was really cool to uh, see that it was able to still happen. (laughs) Yeah, like even, you know, this thing you you definitely don't want to happen, but then it does happen and it's just faster that you can accept it and just move forward knowing it's just the gods testing you. They're trying to say, oh, okay, you're going to stay calm, sweet, and happy now. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's what you do. You know, when it happens, if you can do that, then it, you're guaranteed to succeed. You're not guaranteed that it's going to go the way that you thought it was going to go, but you're guaranteed success. Success mm-hmm. means that you've, if you're already calm, sweet, and happy, you've already succeeded. So <laughs> <laughs> that is the highest goal. <laughs> and then when you do that, chances are the thing is going to go okay. No matter what happens, it's going to be okay. Always remembering that. Don't think yourself so grand and, you know, great that if you get taken out, that everything's going to fall apart. You know, be humble and allow your friends and everybody else to, to step in and help you and trust that it's going to be okay, you know, and, and it will be. That's what I learned a lot from this. And it was, yeah, it was really uh, humbling to that so many people jumped in and, and did a great job with it. And also, you know, with, with um i hadn't been sick in a while and i also haven't been to a an ayahuasca ceremony in a while <laughs> and so i'm always when i do when i do get sick uh it i i i am always asking myself what am i meant to learn from this what can i learn from this what kind of you know have some introspection and if you do learn the lesson then you can move beyond it and you don't need to get sick again to learn that same lesson over and over. And I was having some really great, um, you know, during during sickness, uh, I do practice of Kriya Yoga. They say that, you know, with Kriya Yoga, you're actually, you're, you're harnessing the life force energy in your body and you're, you're removing it from going out into your limbs and going out into your senses and you're, you're channeling it to be focused at the spiritual eye, moving it upwards. So it actually is, it's not a good idea to practice Kriya Yoga when you're sick. So I had to stop doing my normal practices, <clears throat> but I was... Do, still doing my energization practices and I was using Wim Hof breathing was what I found was like actually rejuvenating me and helping me feel better. Uh, so I was doing a combination of that. I was using a little bit of cannabis with some breathing and feeling really great and getting really great um, uh, wisdom coming in, really wonderful, uh, you know, introspection was coming in. And some of the things that and some of these are hard to talk about because sometimes you get feeling, you get an experiential learning that is sometimes harder to describe when you try to do that. But some of the perspectives actually 
also because I've been talking about the Ramayana, we've been studying the Ramayana and I had that last podcast about Valmiki. I started to relate my situation to, you know, Ratnakara, the, the murderous thief who became the sage Valmiki and wrote the Ramayana. When he was, when he, when he, started chanting the you know he was turned from the from the from the thief and he started chanting the mantra with his new guru he started chanting the mantra and chanting the mantra and went into the state of samadhi from his focus and determination and the ants built the ant pile around him and he through the years through the seasons kept chanting this mantra and he experienced this just out of body bliss state eventually eventually his 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 guru comes back and takes him out of the ant pile and and uh, he's tells him the story of ram and he's just in ecstasy and they talk you know he's he's in the forest he's wandering the banks of the river and just he's in, he's cr almost crying and how beautiful that the world is and seeing the nature and watching these two beautiful cranes in the act of love and right as right as they're you know frolicking and he's enjoying this scene the hunter shoots one of the birds and he's just like completely destroyed by seeing this violent act this is a person who used to kill people for a couple you know coins <laughs> and he's just he's just struck by this torment that he feels and it's the uh this this compassion that he has just for two birds now and so in my in my breathing practice and feeling my own situation with having these symptoms of covid i began to get, have a real sense um and also a, a compassion and a sympathy for people who are stuck a lot of times in like chronic illness who can't get over you know say even even too like i was talking to, you know a lot of our, our team the the seekers of the eternal team a lot of us have been going through uh getting um jay my other my other podcast partner he came down with bron bronchitis and um uh, our, our other friend paul he'd been getting got back to back COVID right after he got cured from it and had enough time, he got it again. And his symptoms have been, have been lingering for a long time. And I just was really feeling a compassion for people that have this kind of long-term extended uh, symptoms and realizing how really kind of difficult that would be because I'm feeling it myself at the same time. And having this compassion for other people, it really kind of sparked a new desire and motivation for continuing to do what we're doing, like having these experiences, sharing what we're learning, sharing meditation techniques, sharing teachings of the great masters, sharing things that help us get through hard things. And in the same way, Valmiki was having this gut-wrenching experience, which led him to writing the poetry of the Ramayana. And for me, it felt like a similar sort of experience there where feeling the suffering of these COVID symptoms, which suck. 
I'm going to be honest, but after, you know, after it's like, I just hibernated when I got it, I was just like, all right, I'm going to, you know, make sure that I've, you know, ticked all the boxes of things that I need to do, the text message that I've sent and set up things. And then I'm just going to sleep, you know? So I was just sleeping. Um, but then I, when I was like, all right, I'm over this, I'm done, I'm done being sick. Like I want to, I want to move on, you know? Um, the, the symptoms, they just like, they're just terrible. You have sort of mushy brain and you're lethargic and, you know, just scratchy throat and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, this just makes everything harder. You know, every, probably everybody listening has the understanding of this recently. So, um, just having that experience, I feel like it just gave me a lot of compassion. It also too reminded me that one of the big things with ayahuasca ceremonies matt and i participate in we have really great taita and uh, that comes and with ayahuasca it was just coming to me that okay a big reason to do ayahuasca is that in a controlled environment you make yourself you know violently sick by drinking this brew it you know finds all of the toxins in your body and it makes you violently puke them into a hole and you get to uh, get that compassion for people who are like going through terrible illness because you know during an ayahuasca you know time is slippery you could be <laughs> you know that, that night feels like it's been 10 uh, 20 uh, 30 years of nights i don't know <laughs> not <laughs> sure if the sun is ever going to rise yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you get that real deep compassion for the world of people suffering and i hadn't i hadn't had something like that happen in a while so this this illness has has really helped me to 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 feel that again and to have compassion for others and to um, really uh, spark more power in the healing energy exercises that it, that we do after our meditation. We get into a high state of feeling bliss and love and peace and joy and light, and then we imagine all of our friends and families and um, people around the world that we can send this light to. So it gave me a new sense of being able to have that deep compassion and then with more power, send that to people who are, are suffering. So those are just some kind of the takeaways from getting sick. Uh, and then also just the gods testing you, you know, Bowser throwing the, the, the you know, the, the banana peel at you or the bomb in your path. And then, okay, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also too, like I wanted to share, <clears throat> I have a uh, an affirmation that, um, that I wanted to, to share with the group as well. So this is an affirmation by Paramhansa Yogananda from his book, Scientific Healing Affirmations. And this is one that I memorize and I use when I'm looking to heal myself and I recommend others using it. Maybe I'll do in the future when I get a chance here, I'll, I'll add this affirmation to the episodes, in the, the podcast episode. But this affirmation, if, you're, if you find yourself in a chronic illness, or if you're going through long periods or even short periods of of, of suffering physically, if you really harness your attention and your willpower and you do something about it, you focus on healing, realizing that you are made of divine energy 
that every particle, every cell of your being is divine energy and that we really are the ones that are the ones keeping ourselves locked in suffering and we can let ourselves become free at any moment if we really believe it and we really release ourselves if we feel that we are ready to move on we're we're the ones that are keeping ourselves ill basically so this this affirmation if you if you see it in that way can be very powerful and just like in the other ones you say it five times first with a loud energetic voice secondly with a normal speaking voice thirdly whispering fourth time silently fifth time silently again deeper and deeper concentration and you can just keep repeating it and keep repeating it but the affirmation is heavenly father thou art present in every atom in every cell in every corpuscle in every particle of nerve brain and tissue I am well, for thou art for thou art in all my body parts. And I just say that over and over again and feeling the power of that and feeling your body just tingling with this divine energy, feeling the energy coming back into your body. Uh, I, I feel that's a, it's a really powerful one to use. So I just wanted to kind of end uh, end with that with you know the the <clears throat> the the lessons from from getting sick during all of this and then this just you know this mural festival just such a wonderful way to see all these different aspects of the video game you know now you're in a driving game now you're in a painting game now you're <laughs> there's just so many different parts of it so choosing to accept the challenge and then know every time you accept the challenge and overcome an obstacle you're leveling up your character and your character is going to have new skills and new abilities and all this so it's Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and even got some affirmation from One Two Three Clan about the use of this this kind of self affirmation healing. The um, uh, Chlor from One Two Three Clan was saying that she used this while she was going through cancer treatment and has actually successfully kept that away. By and she said even since she was a child, remembered using these kinds of techniques of sending light energy to the body anywhere it was necessary and then using it to heal even something like cancer so (laughs) this this works for you know just feeling like you got a cold and all the way to you know something like that so um yeah this these affirmations work and the the mind really is creating the body so the more you can affirm to the self uh, your true potential, your true ability to heal yourself, the the more that becomes possible. Yeah, shout out to to Clore, our favorite gangster, CN, <laughs> two of the most positive people uh, on earth. And we yeah. always love having them with us, you know. And shout out to really everybody that came to be with us. That the they're just reading down the list. You know, we have one, two, three clan, Ben Johnston, we had Imagine. We had uh, Reginald O'Neill. We had <clears throat> um, James Ballou. We had from our. Uh, we had Marina Captavilla, and from our our locals Sydney Prusso, Vanderluck, Ashley Contero, 
And we had Baghead for the for the uh, for the exhibit. Local artist Tasco Dreamweaver. Oh yeah, we had Mad C come paint with us. Amazing. Egypt Hagen, Jeff Williams. So it was a really yeah, really killer lineup, and we had such a blast with everybody. We're so stoked that you all came to to spend some time with us and. Uh, thanks for, for doing it and leaving these great murals now for this city to enjoy. So thanks for doing that. And until um, next time, everybody, we um, will be back. We'll see what happens. Maybe it'll be Jay and I. Um, we're, also, we're also planning to start the next in the series of the Ramayana lessons, which will be, which will be diving into uh, Ten-headed demon king Ravana and his brother Kumbhakarna and the story of how they began. So that'll be coming up next. And so blessings, everyone. Joy to you. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>